Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Did you know that Cryptocurrent now has its own apparel shop? Well, look no further. If you want the latest gear from the Cryptocurrent crew, please check out both our show notes and our website where you can get anything from a long sleeve shirt to joggers to sweatshirts to tank tops, hats. You name it, we have some pretty swagged out gear for you. So if you're in love with our brand just as much as we are, please check out our gear today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a special guest that is working on a ton of different cool projects that I'm excited to learn more about each of these. Definitely going to want to tune in, learn about everything that's going on. And for everyone that's tuning into this, there's actually a a special thing going on right at this moment as this gets released. So uh, I want to introduce Alex, who is the co-founder of Upstream App and also one of the founding members of the Illuminati NFT. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here. Of course, man. Well, excited you could join us. Before we dive into all those amazing things, I want to learn a little bit more about you. Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, born and raised in New York, moved to Miami about a year and a half ago before it was cool. I've always worked in startups. Out of school, I worked at a startup called Aviary. It was like a photo editing company that ended up getting acquired by Adobe. Then I ended up joining a startup with my co-founder at Upstream, uh, Michael, a uh, company called Duwala. It was a payment startup based in Iowa. It was uh, one of the earliest ways to get money in and out of uh, crypto exchanges. So you'd like fund your Duwala account, move it to BitInstant, Bitstamp, Mt. Gox, all those fun places. And was there from 2012, 2014. I think when we joined, Bitcoin was like less than five bucks. I think, oh my you know, it was pretty crazy time. And um, anyway, long story short, as we left in 2014, started a company called Social Rank. It was a social media analytics startup around Twitter and Instagram data. And then sold in 2019 and started Upstream. And Upstream began as like sort of this professional, like, like what does the future of professional networking look like? Or professional communities look like? What does LinkedIn Groups 2.0 look like? COVID was starting and we did these like virtual events that really took off. And these communities sort of took off these like 30-minute virtual events. And then this past summer, we started working on a new product called the Upstream Collective, which is like... uh, I don't know how familiar with DAOs and the concept of a decentralized autonomous organization. But really sort of... When you think about community, like Community 1.0 was very much like... Think of it like IRL. So it's like... Where did you grow up? And like that is the team you're like, I'm, I grew up in New York, I'm a Knicks fan. You know, what, where did you grow up? Or like, what city were you from? Depending on like what club you were in, or like what synagogue or church or mosque you went to. And then they're like, Community 2.0 was like online, it was like Discord and Facebook groups and, and Twitter groups and, and WhatsApp and Slack and all these different groups. And those are like interest based groups. And a lot of people believe that Community 3.0 is the concept of a DAO. It's IRL, it's URL, but it's ownership of those things. It's instead of funding the community admin, you actually are like funding the community itself and getting ownership in the community. And we started getting really excited about what that could be. 
and we, we released a product called the Upstream Collective, which it, it allows any community on Upstream to sort of spin up their own DAO. That was sort of exciting while we were starting to build that. I started to think a lot about NFT projects and what that might look like. And that's how we sort of came up with the Illuminati NFT idea. And that's going to be a collective, a DAO on Upstream. And we're just setting it up right now in sort of the most legally compliant way and should be ready sometime in February to actually properly do. Wow. So, so much to unpack. Thank you for breaking all that down. Sorry a lot that. of great background. Long. No, no, no. I mean, but I want to go to each of these points, right? So yeah. you for first in crypto and, and working in some of these startups back when Bitcoin was under $5 and you're able to grow with this yeah. uh, a, a whole decade, right? And you're able to see how this has been transformative, not just as a technology, but as an industry and as a community. And as you were looking at you know, going from one startup, you know, being able to have a successful acquisition, by the way, congratulations, awesome. And then you, you go to upstream and you, you start to, to, to build this out. You broke down three different concepts as things really important. So you say IRL, which is in real life, um, URL, which is basically online. And then the third is going to be these decentralized autonomous organizations to where you have a say in the, in the matter. You also have ownership and you potentially can get compensation on building such a community while being a part of it, which I think is uh, a very cool and kind of surreal for a lot of people to not really understand like what's going on with that. So I just, I want to first like spend a little bit more time on when you came up with the concept of being able to onboard and help people understand this, because it's a nice buzzword, right? Centralized autonomous organizations. What made y'all decide to go in that direction? And how do you think onboarding people into DAOs is really going to be what the next move is in building communities? Yeah, it's a great question. So a few things. One, I think that there's going to be a really explosive thing in 2022. Everyone thinks that like 2020 was like DeFi season. 2021, NFT season. A lot of people believe that 2022 is going to be DAO season. You know, Constitution DAO really exploded. And let's be honest, like, Constitution DAO isn't really a DAO. And I say this in the most loving way because it made a lot of people interested in DAOs and think about DAOs, but it was really just a crowdfund. Yeah. A DAO, you need to vote on stuff. You need to have a say. I never, I'm, I, I participated in the Constitution DAO. I never vote on anything. And that's fine. Like I'm not, Constitution DAO is great. The people are great. But like a real DAO, you're, you're voting, you have ownership, you have a say. And that stuff is, is a little bit messy. You know what I mean? Like, Think about any HOA, any place, and like that stuff's messy. So yeah. I think there's two types of DAOs that are going to be interesting. One are like these big public ones, like the Constitution DAO. Others are going to, that I think are going to have a lot of legs in 2022 are more like, like group chats that want to add a wallet to it. So you and like five friends want to pull some money together and like you want to buy something together. And I think that's interesting. And, and the other thing to think about in terms of DAOs is DAOs aren't currently legal entities in any capacity. And I say that in the most loving way because a lot of people like in, you know, well, not a lot of people, but in the 1970s, LLCs came to be. Before that, they weren't anything. And even for the first few years, they were like sort of shaky and people weren't using them as much. I think DAOs have a chance to become the next LLC. But the reality is if you want to do this in the most compliant and most conservative way, you want to wrap the DAO. The DAO is great for like voting and governance, but it's not, it's not a, a legal entity in any capacity. So you need to go wrap that into something like a, an LLC or a general partnership, or you know, there's some experimentation around something called a, a UNA, an unincorporated nonprofit association. You know? okay. And it, you can make money 
as a nonprofit, just look at Harvard, look at every university, look at, right. you know, the NFL, the NFL used to be a nonprofit. Yeah. I don't think, <laughs> I don't know that they are still a nonprofit, but I, I know they were at one point. You just can't distribute it. You know, there's like certain rules. So if you want to do this right, you have to set yourself up properly. I think in the future, the DAO, a DAO in and of itself might be recognized as a legal entity, but it just isn't yet. So, you know, when you look at things like the DAO, which, which is a true DAO, it's under 100 people, it's less than 25 million, and they set up like a LLC or some sort of entity or corporation. So there's a lot to do here, but uh, yeah. I think that there's something really interesting. Like if you pull together money with a bunch of friends to do book club, like you don't have to create a corporation around that. But if you want to do like book club in every city of the country, you probably want to be a corporation. You want, you want to protect yourself. You want you know limited liability. So it's just a really fascinating space. And it's just in it's in in its infancy, which makes it even more exciting. Yeah, uh, you brought up a really awesome point in the fact that when you think about LLCs, yes, they've you know a lot of people have LLCs, right? And that's kind of how the world goes around with these these businesses. But as you look at it, it's been around for 50, 50 years. And so, yeah. as and, and when you first got into like like you said, when they first came out, it's not like everyone just jumped on it. And if DAOs are potentially going to be the new LLC, it makes sense that a lot of people, one, don't know a lot about it, two, don't know how to legally set one up if there is a way, and then three, being able to be one of the innovators to get it out there and get stuff rolling. But you're not only just doing that, you're finding a way to easily onboard people to give them options on how to do that. I mean, even the concept, like you said, of a friend group being able to come together to pull together money, like the first thing that came to my mind was like fantasy football, right? All these people, all these leagues, they usually have a, a cash prize at the end. If you can set up a DAO to literally put all that there and then the winner is decided who they vote on who won to be able to take that money without having to set up a legal entity. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the whole idea. So, I mean, so that's the whole thing is we were like building this thing out. We were building this product and I was just thinking of ways to use it in interesting and cool ways. And that's what led us to come up with the idea like me and two friends to come up with this idea of building like this Illuminati NFT concept and basically put 50% of all the mints in a collective on upstream to, and actually use it to do some interesting stuff. So like we're, and, and it's going to be community decided. Like, I mean, listen, I have a bunch of proposals I plan to submit to the community. doesn't mean everyone's going to want to do it. I mean, they still need to, you know, get the votes. So Right. It is. Uh, it's going to be really fascinating to see uh, the dynamics at play and and how people uh, participate. Oh, definitely, man. And like one of the things you kind of talked about was how you know mischief and how you're like trying to bring that on like the decentralized world. Can you kind of just like describe what that is and like how you know people are going to be able, be able to basically participate in drops and all the other things with this? Yeah, so Mischief is a company based in Brooklyn. They're responsible for fun drops. Like I think they did, they have like a dead startups. They did the little Nas devil shoe, an angel shoe. I don't know if you remember that, where like he got sued by Nike. They did this like giveaway. Uh, They did like a, I think it was a Lambo giveaway. So you either got a real Lambo, like a toy Lambo, and everyone paid like 25 bucks. So they do like fun stuff. So the concept of Mischief is like Mischief in and of itself, as well as, the company mischief. So doing fun things. So like one of the proposals we're planning on doing is like, I want to make a proposal to take in a sort of like a dead NFT project, you know, project that launched early 2021, didn't have the legs, it was cool, but didn't have the legs, didn't sell out or didn't do this. And like, sort of like go to the team, buy it up, 
and then relaunch it, redesign it, relaunch it. Like that, that type of mischief, you know, mischief activity of like, can we do some fun stuff? Can the community be involved, vote on the stuff and just like have a really dynamic, like DAO collective that like people really have a say and they feel like, you know, they, and they participate in, in, in sort of all, all the things that happen. No, that's, I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun. And like you said, with it being part of a DAO and, and I guess the first thing is for the, for the NFT side of this, right? So for the Illuminati NFT that you have going on, right? Is it that everyone that owns one are now part of your DAO automatically? Is it like, what, what, why would somebody want to come and own one of these? Like if, and if I'm not mistaken, by the time this is going to be released, everyone will know your whitelist almost sold it out. But as soon as it went public, it sold out in a couple of seconds, which is insane. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, That's awesome. Like huge kudos to you. Obviously the community really likes what you have going on. So for all of those who missed the boat and, and are just now learning about this, like what is it about this community that is just so electric? Hey, Cryptocurrent crew, this is Steve Miller, and I'm the host of CC Live, the show that keeps you up to date with what's popping off in crypto land. Every episode of CC Live brings you the latest news, keeps you updated on the top projects, and decrypts everything you need to know to get ahead in the wild world of Web3. So if you really want to stay Cryptocurrent, join Richard, Chris, and I every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on YouTube Live. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Cryptocurrent's YouTube channel today, and as always, stay Cryptocurrent. So I think a really good use case for like the DAO product and like this NFT is like your Illuminati NFT is going to couple as your, your vote and your, your entry into the DAO. So what we're doing is you, you get one 8,128th of a vote in the DAO. But like you th in theory, if you don't connect your wallet as the NFT to the upstream, then you might not be counted. Like it's not a hundred percent going to be one thousand eight hundred twenty-eight. Because if someone just has it and they don't want to connect it, they don't want to vote. They don't have to. So it's everyone who actually connects their wallet with the NFT to the voting mechanism to their with their MetaMask to the voting mechanism. That's how you'll be able to do, sort of make your vote. Um, so it could be that it, it's much less. It could be that it's only four thousand out of the eight thousand vote, and then we'll take a majority of that. So there's still a lot to figure out. Um, we, we first, before we even get into any of that, we really need to set it up compliantly. The money is just sitting in the multi-sig wallet, um, in the DAO. We're not going to touch it until it's set up compliantly. There's an entity around it, et cetera. And then we'll start letting people in as long as they own the NFT. Right. No, that's, it's a really cool concept, man. And it, it brings back full circle, you know, everything that you're doing with upstream and, the concept of truly building this electric community as we kind of head into this new space. And I guess my next question for you is like, as this continues to evolve, so of course, um, NFTs are a good way to like bridge and have DAOs uh, for, building for building communities and having them come together. What do you think are other ways that this will continue to evolve into the future? Like, do you, do you see like a, a metaverse play? Do you see like a gaming play? Like, how do you see this continue to, to move and progress? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think... You know, we'll definitely buy up some land in in some of the metaverses and use uh, some of the the DAO money. We'll put it to a vote. Maybe we'll get like a secret layer somewhere. Um, I think doing in person dinners and events is going to be super cool. I, I want to do a lot of that at different conferences. So we have a lot of plans. Um, 
you know, we don't want to promise too much. We want to yeah. do things we 100% can deliver on. So the, the first three things that I think that we've we've settled on is one is the Illuminati Collective, the, the DAO. That is my responsibility. That is the thing I'm working on. Uh, the second is uh, some of the merch stuff that we're working on. Uh, that's more of the design team and the creative team. And then the third is uh, when we originally launched the contract, we had a, a fatal issue with it. Uh, 187 were minted until we killed that contract. So we have something called the 187. It's going to be its own special collection. Um, once we do the art reveal, which is going to be on Friday, which is probably when you're going to release this. Uh, once that happens, Process Gray, who's the designer, is going to go and uh, do it. I think he has a good idea of what he wants to do for it. So that's the that's that's his next thing that he's doing. So we all have our, our things that we're, we're good at. Like I have no idea. I would never be able to solve any of the puzzles they put out and... And I, I don't know any. I'm, I'm, I like the design, but I don't. I can't design or code or anything. I'm good at DAO stuff, and that's the stuff that I'm focused on in terms of the team. Everyone's good at what, what they're good at. Right, and it's good to have that team, right? And also to know your lane and how do you keep moving the vision of what you're trying to do forward. And I think what's really cool with what you found with like your co-founder and, and the rest of your team is how do you kind of complete the circle of what it means to build a truly fully involved community, like someone that wants to be around, wants to be participating, wants to bring other people in the community and be continuously driving value back to them. Communities yeah. has been like a, a big passion of mine for a long time. And it's, it's cool to see like all the things that you have going on with this. But for all of those who aren't necessarily spending the time and energy to understand how important this is, like what would you tell them about like why they want to be investing time and money into learning more about how they can be effectively building their communities? It's a great question. I mean, you know, we started a lot of communities starting really like doing a lot of things that don't scale. So like when I started, uh, you know, I started the, when, when Michael and I started upstream and we started initially, it wasn't actually virtual events. It was giving and getting help. We felt like that was something that was happening in a lot of these different Slack and, and, and communities that like professional communities where they're giving and getting help. People are like, Hey, I'm looking for an intro to Nike and, uh, and, and, and someone would jump in and try to help them. So that's how we started. And then it sort of naturally evolved into events. Once COVID happened, virtual events, like to help people, you need to know people. So it felt very natural. And then once the events happened and like we did, you know, office hours and regular events, and now it sort of feels natural to like, okay, this is sort of like a paid community. Instead of like being a member of the community, you're an owner in the community and you get to make a decision on what happens. So a lot of this stuff is a lot of handholding and, and, and there's a lot of manual aspect to it. But that being said, um, you know, listening to the community, talking to the community, trying to understand what they want and need, um, you know, with the DAO stuff, you know, we're playing with a bunch of private communities. I have a bunch of experiments I want to run on some of these other communities that we have. We have 200 communities. There's a few experiments we want to run with some of the other communities. Maybe show people the way, create a blueprint of how to create, turn your regular event running community into uh, a, uh, you know, a, a proper collective, a proper DAO. What would that look like? You know, I have some ideas, but I don't want to give away too much because we're, we're going to... We haven't finalized what we're doing yet. Gotcha. No, nah, but it, it's all still really good points. And, and thank you for, for sharing what you did. 
as we kind of step into 2022, right? This is one of the earlier interviews of 2022 for Cryptocurrent. Appreciate you being here. What would you say is a huge lesson slash big lesson uh, that you either personally or as a business learned in 2021? And what is a bold prediction on what do you think is in store for the crypto blockchain NFT community as we head into 2022? A lesson I learned. Um, a lesson I learned. I learned a lot of lessons. Um, I would say... A big lesson I learned is is um, really trust trust your team to be able to you know if you have the right team trust them. I definitely leaned a lot on a lot of people on the team that really really worked out this year. Uh, the team at, at Upstream is is just phenomenal. Everyone is just really good at what they do, and you know um, I'd say like build a team that you can trust. That was a really good you know, lesson I learned this year in terms of big, bold predictions. I think a lot of people think like, you know, oh, we're in this frothy time, whatever. I think when Coinbase NFT drops in the next two months, it's going to be explosive. It is going to be, you know, a proper custodial NFT wallet doesn't exist right now. And it's just going to protect. There's so many people getting hacked and a proper custodial wallet is going to be just so good for a lot of people who just like don't understand how to use a hot wallet. So I think that's going to explode the the amount of wallets and usage and NFT buying. It's going to take off like a wildfire even more. Yeah. I think that's a great call. Um, as soon as that information came out last year, I was like, man, as much as OpenSea has my massive market share with this and been crushing it, like Coinbase is just going to open up the floodgates of just people being able to get into this thing. So uh, I, I appreciate that. Um, man, there's, you've dropped a lot of really good knowledge on us. I always like to finish interviews with two fun questions. Um, the first one is with all the information that you've been able to get over the years in crypto, blockchain, NFTs, community building, et cetera, and you go and impart all of that wisdom to yourself when you first got started at that first startup, what's one to two pieces of advice that you'd give yourself? Don't sell your Bitcoin at 40 bucks. <laughs> um, no, it would be, it would be just... Um, I've always found like solace or solace, solace, I mean, solace in like being directionally correct. So like I was in a bunch of different places early and maybe I did well and maybe I didn't. Sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. I, I didn't fully actualize financially, you know, uh, some of the stuff early on. And the idea was like, if you're, if you're directionally correct, like I, before I even joined AVR, I was working with these two Israeli founders. The company didn't end up working out. The next company they started ended up being a billion dollar company. I didn't join them. I joined a different company instead. If I would have joined them, would have done really well. Um, but that's okay. Like you can't hit everything. If I would have just instead of buying my options in Douala, which will probably be worth something one day, like if I would have just put that money in Bitcoin, I'd have my own island at this point. Like those type of things where it's like, it's okay, it's okay not to hit on everything. But if you're directionally correct, you'll eventually hit. And I feel like that's happening right now with the Dow stuff. Uh, like we've been directionally correct enough. And now we are early enough with a working product, with a killer team in a massive market. And that's like, feels like, uh, I don't know. So just continue to directionally 
focus and eventually you'll hit it. That would be my yeah. advice. Um, I really like that answer. Everyone listening, go back and rewind that. Um, I know I'm going to listen to that a couple of times. That is solid. I don't think everyone, anyone that I've on the show has answered in quite that way. So I, I really appreciate that answer. So I, so I, just, I have some friends who, who have been directionally correct, but have given up. And, and I feel for them because like, if you're directionally correct and you're wrong and, and you miss it or you're early or whatever, you don't get it in place. Like it's all, it's obviously ideas are great, but like, it's all about execution. If you're directionally correct, but you didn't pull the trigger on something, it, it could wear, it could, it could really mess you up. Yeah. Um, and I have enough friends who have been messed up by that and like are out of the game now. They just can't deal with it. Even though I know if they just kept at it, they would be successful. Whether that's successful of, 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 of building a, Listen, success, financial success, actual success, family success, they're all different things and depends on what people value. But like building a company that's worth, that is valuable is usually the success that a lot of founders think about. Right. Whether they, they make a lot of money or not, like something that's used by people and will last beyond them, I think is, is a barometer that a lot of people look at. So I just, that, that's why I think about that a lot is just like, Keep going. You're not going to hit everything. And that's okay. Yeah. For sure, man. No, really appreciate that. That is an absolute gem. Mic drop on that one. Um, but man, as we kind of wrap up here, I always like to finish up with, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners here today? Um, I'd say the final thought would be that like, for the first time ever, maybe not the first time ever, but for one of the first time ever, it really pays to be early, specifically with crypto and blockchain and NFTs and DAOs and everything. It just pays to be early. Like you see people spend time on e the ENS Discord and adding ENS to their domain and they just got free money. You know, yeah. you th there's literally, it's paying people. So I would say that like it, it really, it pays to be early and to be active and engaged. And like, if you're curious and engaged, you could have financial reward for just being early. And that's something that <clears throat> hasn't been the case before. Early to Facebook. Great. You were early to Facebook. You didn't get rewarded for that. If you were an early investor in Facebook, you were. But if you were an early yeah. user in Facebook, you weren't. And now I think it's the time where like, if you're an early user, you also will be rewarded. Like for example, I, I bought a lot of Zed horses. Zed's about to drop a token in Q1. One of the things that people think is that the, the older the horse, the, the longer that you've held the horse, the bigger the multiple of the, the token you're going to get. So it literally pays to be early. So I think that's a great thing to impart with people is like, think about Facebook and how early you were to Facebook. Maybe you joined in high school, maybe you joined in college. Uh, maybe you joined or maybe you were you went to Harvard and you were friends with, you know, all, all the people that were on. Maybe you're one of the first 100 users. Like, now imagine that equivalent for Web3 products, and you have a chance to now participate in the upside. That's pretty yeah. awesome. That's something no, that's that has ever been happened before. So, you know, ENS dropped like half a billion dollars on people. That's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. It's awesome. Just like you said, like that's, that's a really good comparison. Like imagine being an early user of MySpace, Facebook, whatever it is. And they said, like, for being an early user, we're now just going to give you free money. Like you yeah. want to talk about like super fans? 
And and that's happening right now in crypto. Like you said, it's paying to be early. So like, listen to what Alex is saying. He's putting you on game. He's putting you on game, especially as it relates to DAOs. And I know that's a great final thought, but I also want to make sure that everyone listening here today have ways to connect with both you and learn more um, about Upstream, the drop you just did with the NFTs and everything else you have going on. So what are some different ways that people can uh, connect with you and learn more about what's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter, pretty active on Twitter, AJT on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, I host a bunch of events on Upstream. So you can join Upstream. It's free. You request to join communities. We do events. We still do a lot of free events. So definitely join them. I host a lot of them. And uh, But Twitter is the best way to, to get in touch with me. Absolutely. And for all those who want to go find your uh, Illuminati NFT, where do they search that? Yeah, uh, it's IlluminatiNFT.com. Um, it's on OpenSea. Um, just be careful when you click things on OpenSea. There's so many scams out there right now. So just be careful. Um, but you can go from... We have the Twitter handle at Truth on Twitter. Um, been sitting on great that handle. one for a while. And, great uh, handle. It is a great handle. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was literally sitting on it for years, not sure what to do with it. But um, you just click from there because that's that's the legitimate links um, as opposed to just trying to search on it from OpenSea or whatever. For sure. Well, Alex, thank you so much for spending some time with us yeah. and dropping all this incredible information. Everyone, make sure you go drop, hit the links both in the show notes and everything in YouTube. You want to go check all this out. Alex, I feel very much informed and I know I'm going to be participating in this. And of course, for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from BG93. Compelling content delivered in a digestible format demystifies the crypto world by engaging participants from all corners in intelligent conversation. Remarkably interesting. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date on the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent.
Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.